everybody. Welcome to another episode of Laws and Grace. We are so excited to be here this week with our guest, Tanae, who is awesome and has so many accomplishments. And we're going to introduce her in just a sec. But first, we're going to start with our question of the episode to break the ice. And so we all have to, Grace and I will answer a question first so that it's not just us asking our guests tons of questions for an hour. Um, <laughs> okay, so this question will have Grace answer it first and then I'll answer it and then today you can answer it. So I'll give you some time to think about it. Um, but putting Grace on the spot here, this question no, is, sure. what is an irrational fear that you have? Okay, I got this one. Aliens, <laughs> which we just did a whole... Yeah, we just released this whole episode on aliens and I didn't really like say much as far as like, I just listened to her because she had so much awesome things to say, but I am like kind of afraid, but also very intrigued of this idea of aliens. I've always been, I don't know, like they're like staring at me through my window or something. I don't know. What what scares (laughs) you? Are you scared of getting abducted? Yes. I don't know why like but also like there's a little bit of me that's like I want that to happen but then I'm like no I don't I don't know it's weird I can't explain it but it's it's very much part of my story (laughs) you know that's good that I mean yep that's why we ask for irrational fears because they're more fun than actual fears oh like I know that it's like I seriously know it's like a stupid fear like it's you know but like sometimes I lay in bed at night thinking like what if the world is invaded by aliens? Like, that's really true. I actually do that. <laughs> so there you I go. Just, I read something today where somebody said they're afraid of sharks, like even in the bathtub, like their fear of sharks what? is so strong that they just like worry they're going to be everywhere. My husband is afraid of whales or <laughs> specifically like won't swim in the deep end of a pool. Because of orcas. We are in landlocked Utah and it's a real struggle. Did he have like a bad experience or is it just he's, he's from Indiana? Nope. <laughs> Did he watch Free Willy as a child and it just um I I'm I like I know he watched Free Willy as a child, but I don't know why you would I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's unfortunate, I guess, for him. And actually, um, when my daughter started getting scared of them, too, I was like, you have to stop. Like, you, you cannot talk about this anymore. We're not passing <laughs> that on to the next generation. Oh, my gosh. Um, related, my irrational fear is fish, but specifically dead fish scare me more than a live fish. Okay. And, like, if somebody tries to serve food where the fish still has its eyeballs and stuff... <laughs> Or like when I walk through the grocery aisle or like my dad is a big fisher and he'll try and show me photos and I'm like, no, thank you. I went fishing with him when I was five and I was traumatized because they flop around and stuff. So I'm like, it, fish in the water alive is okay. It's not my favorite, but like, okay. But fish flopping around and also dead, I like, like, it's like grossed out but also terrified can't handle it not interested in the slightest you eat fish right 
yeah if they don't have heads once the heads are gone if you can't see it yeah yeah if it even like I really like salmon but when it still has the skin on I'm like reminds me too much of it but if they're like if it's just a nice filet (laughs) then yeah I'll eat the crap out of that (laughs) um what is your irrational fear today um well I can't say that I I'm not sure that I have one right now but when I was younger as a kid we grew up and there was a hallway in our house and there was a mirror at the end of it and we had watched a movie like a true crime thing that my mom was into I was a child and there's like a spook scene where like the guy was a attacking a woman and he just like pops up in a mirror while she's brushing her teeth or something and so after watching that I would like not look at the not look at the mirror while walking down the hall and just try to sneak into my room as fast as I could Mirrors That's are a bad scary. place to have a mirror at the end yeah. of the hallway. Yeah. Mirrors at the end of the hallway are a like bad idea. That's like so, a horror you, movie. Yeah, yeah that, that feels like happen. a rational fear to me. Let's talk about Tanae. Um, Tanae is super cool. Grace and I both have um, been a part of her Provo Girls Summit, which is an event for girls to learn more about all the amazing professions they could have when they grow up and all the potential that there is. Um, She started that in 2018 and then created a nonprofit called Introducing Tomorrow with a similar theme in 2020. Um, She grew up in Independence, Missouri and moved to Utah to attend Brigham Young University, as did the rest of us. Um, And after college, she taught English at Tempe High School and now she's also a writer for a magazine called Pacificus. Did I say that right? You did. And her hobbies include watching television, especially sitcoms. Same here. I love a good sitcom. Singing karaoke and being in nature, hiking, skiing, or sitting. And another main interest is building quality relationships with the people in her life. We love to hear that. Um, her partner, Jed, and her are parenting four children and a dog <laughs> I forgot about and... the dog <laughs> it's okay just shout out to the dog <laughs> and they're doing their best to support each other's dreams I love this we love relationships and we love supporting each other's dreams we're all about that on this podcast so welcome to Nate and we want you to Tell us about you, um, starting with the Provo Girls Summit. What inspired you to start that? And tell us, tell those of the people in our audience who don't know about it, a little bit about it and then what inspired okay. it. Yeah, so the Provo Girls Summit is, a, um, like Lauren said, it's a career exploration event for girls ages eight to 12. Um, sort of the idea is to give um, girls concrete examples of like what they could be um our tagline is see it be it and um I think that when you can visualize um and you can actually see someone doing something that you're interested in then you're more likely to to go after it um but if you can't do that even if you can imagine it right then you can aim towards it but sometimes um it's hard to imagine things that we can't um that we can't conceptualize on our own. And so, so if we can give them more ideas, then, then they can sort of move forward. 
um, with, with those ideas in mind. Um, I, I see a lot of women and I'm personally, I'm a former teacher and that I knew that I could be a teacher. I thought I could probably be a nurse. Um, and you know, there are uh, somewhat obvious jobs that women or girls feel like they might go into. And studies show that uh, girls tend to start um, underperforming in math, not underperforming, but sort of trying less hard in math and science classes in, in about, at about like nine years old. So the idea is to give girls these ideas before, um, before they get to junior high and high school where they get to pick their own classes so that they can pick what they actually want instead of what society sort of tells them they could be or uh, what society tells them they should be or what society what roles society needs them to fill. I love that. You know, yeah, what, do, you, do you know why that is that the girls stop underperforming in math and science at that age? Did, that's um, interesting. That's a good question. I don't know why. And um, I should read more studies about it and try to figure that out because I think that's a good question. Um, yeah, that's, that's fascinating. I think it has to do with like the words that we tell girls when they're young, right? Are like, oh, you are this thing. Like you're pretty, your dress is nice. Like, look, look how you look. Like the things that we focus on in our language when we, when we speak to young girls sort of translates um, into maybe like, oh, I already exist as I am like this. Um, and then you start to talk about, um, oh my goodness, what is it where we, where you try to, the growth mindset, right? The growth mm -hmm. mindset where you talk about, oh, that's hard work, good way to work hard on that. I'm, I like to see you try, try so hard when you, it didn't work out the first time. Like, so sort of those words that we tell people and that society tells people are like uncles and aunts at family gatherings right like what are they talking to young girls about um, because those things do have an effect on the way they see themselves and on the way they um, consider their future so if um, if my aunts and uncles talk to me about my shirt and my dress and then they talk to my brothers about their accomplishments or other things I I see that and I internalize it, right? So I think it has something to do with it. Yeah, yeah. I, remember, I remember being like loving math and science like in elementary school and even into like middle school. And I don't know, but yeah, somewhere along the way I decided I wasn't good at those things. Like, yeah. but I, and, and I stopped, I stopped caring. Like I, after my junior year in high school I never took a math class again. I don't know how I managed that, but like, I just decided that wasn't for me, but I remember loving it as a young girl, like yeah. so fascinated with that stuff. And I haven't looked into this much, Grace, but I have a friend who teaches at, at BYU and she was talking about, um, and I need to look into this more, but she was talking about the way society has sort of um, set it up because they want, at least in the fifties and things like that, they wanted women to stay at home. And so they started home economics, mm -hmm. which primarily girls would take at young ages and then um, shop class for boys. So these things are gendered really early on since then. And so we're getting to a point now where it's like, 
well, boys can do home ec if they're interested or, you know, all of these, it's family and consumer sciences or something now, like all the names have changed. So it's less, it's less pointed at who, which gendered people should go where. Yeah. Um, but I, I wonder if, if that's part of it, right? Like I liked science and math too for a while. And then I was like, wait a minute, I'm going to do this other thing. Yeah, yeah. I do think that's what's so cool about the girls summit that you did is because I think it's the representation, right? Like people don't see, and it is getting better, but people don't see women in certain roles. They see them as teachers and nurses and, and they don't see um, them in roles. But I remember going to the girls summit and like, you invited an archaeologist and I was like wait I was like 20 something I was like do I want to be an archaeologist <laughs> you know because I had never I just grew up being like I guess I'll be like a writer or an English teacher because that's kind of what I was interested in and it was amazing to see can you list off some of the other people that were there I'm trying to remember other professions yeah. and so people. we had like archaeologists um paleontologists um mechanical engineers, uh, a cardiologist, um, the woman who owns like bone boutique, um, business managers, electricians. Uh, we had an entomologist scheduled for 2020 before it got canceled, but um, we've had, I have a whole list. There's, we've had over 80 professions represented and um, Grace was doing video production when mm -hmm. she came. Yeah. And we had actors like Whitney Call came. Um, I'm on the what spot now and cannot think of any others. <laughs> no, that was oh, great. A, a newscaster for uh, yeah. Vision came, which is crazy and cool. Mm -hmm. I've been inspired by this because it's like rain the age range is so broad too and then to hear how people like our our um the architect who was there her name's florence hawkinson and she said that um she, when she was five she decided to be or, sorry five is ridiculous when she was in fourth grade she knew that she wanted to be an architect and she had um i think she was 55 when she finished her licensing. And so she said, um, you're never too young to know what you wanna do and you're never too old to do it. And it was like, just such a huge deal to have that voice to this group of girls, right? And the many mothers in the room, like you could yeah. tell it just like, it hit all of us yeah, because in different phases of our lives, we're doing different things, right? We're not, but everything could be temporary. We could make a change at any time. And that's something that's empowering, I think. I like that because regardless of what you know about growing up, like there's always new opportunities. And we talked about this a little bit with uh, Karina, but jobs that didn't exist before, like a lot of these jobs, People didn't know about them when they were younger because they didn't exist when they were younger. Yeah, the right? technology didn't exist for, for like podcast hosts. Yeah, right. 
<laughs> Instagram influencers. <laughs> um, but that's, yeah, so it's like, I feel like we're working against a lot of different things, right? There's gender stereotypes and there's also just like, uh, it's hard to get all the information and it's hard to keep up with all yeah. the information. Yeah. And I love what you just said. Like, it's hard to get all the information. And this is one of the things that I reached out to you about initially, right? Like, there's just no way that we can know everything. And so something that I learned, um, this is so weird, but I did hypnobirthing, not hypnobirthing is weird, but like the lessons I've taken away from it. Um, when I was pregnant with my first child, I did a hypnobirthing class, which is a breathing technique and a relaxation technique for um, birthing a child. So um, we talked, to, but one of the things that they told you is like, if something goes wrong or something goes not wrong, but something goes the way, a way you don't want it to go. Generally, if you're taking hypnobirthing, you're planning for like a, an unmedicated birth, right? Um, and so if something starts to go a way that you're not interested in it going, or the doctor says this thing has come up and we need to take medical action, then she said to ask the question, what are my options, right? So we can't know, like, I'm not a medical professional. And even if I was like, maybe I'm not into birthing, like, but the bottom line is I'm not, and I don't know everything about it. So to ask, what are your options? And then hear like one or two things that, or two or three things, maybe that pathways that you could take suddenly I'm empowered and I'm making the choice instead of somebody who doesn't know me or my interests making the choice for me and my body, yeah. right? Or in my child's body, like, so this idea of asking what are the options has really like opened up my entire life because now I'm pushing 40 and I just keep thinking, but what are my options? So like, sure, I'm probably not gonna be an Olympian <laughs> but there's like a huge list of things I could still do, right? So let's figure it out. Or when I'm planning an event, right? Like and I'm working with a venue and they ask me a question, I'm like, well, what are my options? And then I try to like weave in and out of whatever they, they tell me. Okay, so I didn't keep this, like this is a rule and a standard, I get it. But can we do this? Can we do this? Like. And then I'll shoot back like four different things that I think we could, that could work within their sort of framework of preferences. I love that. I recently had this realization that, yeah, it was kind of like a similar thing where it was like in one context, but also, and I was like, wait, this applies to like life. And that was, I was Think, thinking like if I worked remotely why couldn't I live in two places because I've been like I miss Oregon and I'm like all of a sudden I was like who says I can't live in Utah and Oregon should I get a remote job which I don't have currently but like and then all of a sudden I was like who's to say anything like we have these rules that we were like you can only live in one place or you can only <laughs> that seem like normal good rules but I'm like I would be I was like I could be super happy if I lived a month here, a month there, a month somewhere else. And it's just, you know, with remote work and some of the other things that have happened in the last couple of years, I feel like it's like, hold on, we don't have to do things 
the way that we used there might be more options than we once thought there were yeah you can do that <laughs> you can do anything you want yeah and then it's like it gets the ball rolling where you're like wait can I do literally whatever I want? you know can I have it all yeah and it's like maybe not everything but I really like that and it's I don't know some people I, okay I'm not a parent so you can like chime in on this but we'll say like instead of giving telling your child yes or telling them no um you give them options like do you want to do this or this mm -hmm. And I feel like in parenting myself, <laughs> instead of saying no, I'm like, okay, let's do, let's look at options. Anyway, all that to say, I think what you're saying about options is so good and so interesting. Well, and I think too, the cool thing about that is it, it, it asking the question allows you to make an informed decision, right? Like rather than just accepting what is or doing something because you feel like you can't that's what you have to do like it allows you it opens the door to give more information so you can make an informed decision like I just I love that I love that question let's talk a little bit more about how people react like what kind of feedback you get from Provo's Girls Summit Provo Girls Summit from both the kids and the parents and the people who participate yeah so the kids seem to love it right they they come and they go home and feel great. I had a girl tell me once that like, this is her second favorite day every year because Disneyland is her first, which <laughs> gotta recognize like yeah. my place, right? I appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> um, Can't blame her. Yeah, yeah, because I want a churro too. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> um, and then the parents, have been really sweet and a lot of moms and dads who come just say things like I wish that this had existed when I was a kid like what if I had met an architect or an, a cardiologist when I was a, a child and like had a talk with them and I think for the kids the one-on-one -on -one, like we it's an open it's it feels like a career fair so kids can kind of free freely roam and talk to those people who they're most interested in and talking with and so but they make eye contact like these adults make eye contact and we have so many pictures of the the professionals hosting the booth like bending over to get eye to eye with these girls right and to talk with them and um and just tell them what they love about their job um and so i think the, i think the girls recognize I hope the girls recognize that they're worth people's time and, and, and attention, right? And that, um, and that they deserve to ask questions and get answers to those questions. Um, I remember when we had um, a coder, what's the name for a coder? <laughs> like somebody who does coding, like, web software developer, a developer. Yeah, developer. Yeah. Uh, we had a developer there and she was so impressed with the questions that the girls had prepared to ask her. Same thing when we had an animator. Um, I don't remember what the girl had asked, but she was like, okay, that's like deep animation. And she just went right into it and they started talking about it. And so um, 
so you get a big range of girls like who who have like looked at the, the professionals who are going to be there and they've prepared questions or they're already interested in that thing so they're ready to talk and dive in deep but you also get the girls who are like i've never heard of this <laughs> tell me tell me about it um and then the parent i'm sorry what has really surprised me is um i didn't really anticipate it but the women who come and talk about their jobs, their response to this has been just so positive. Um, they love talking about what they love. And especially with people who remind them of themselves, right? Like when they feel like, and then they all often say, I wish this had existed when I was, when I was here. And so, um, and like sort of they found a newfound passion for their job because even if it's short-lived right a yeah. newfound passion in what they're doing because other people are also interested and they and they get to do whatever it is they're doing it's kind of yeah. nice it's like meeting fans right a lot of these professions <laughs> don't have like fan girls yeah. um but it's kind of this i'm sure it's like a similar feeling where you're like oh like what i'm doing does matter to some it's still cool everybody wants to feel cool sometimes and that can be really nice so that's cool it's a win-win-win situation then mm -hmm. everybody who participates is having a great time you did it you made you created the perfect event <laughs> where everybody <laughs> my, wins my life is complete now if we could just get this pandemic under control so we could host this perfect event yeah, yeah. seriously is it it's usually we've in not, March, right? Yeah, we so we didn't do it for two years in a row, which is mm. unfortunate. That is such a bummer. Planning and executing an event is huge. So what made you decide to undertake all of this? And did you do it by yourself or how did that go? Um, no, I did not do it by myself. There's, <laughs> this would not be happening if it was just me, that's for sure. Um, no, we have um, a team. Um, so Allison Liu, our, our mutual friend, was on it at first. And then um, Becca Lee Ogden is on our team. Uh, Alicia, um, his last name is escaping me right now, Sheffield. That's her, married, that's her maiden name. She knows who she is. And um, <laughs> Taya Wiltsey. Um, they're all on our team right now. And we, uh, Cassidy Baker, sorry, and Sammy Dodson also. Um, so they're all on, all, on our planning team. It's just a bunch of volunteers because we have no money and um, we all get together and make it happen. And then on the, on the day of, we have a, a bunch of community volunteers who come through and help execute everything. So um, making sure that the deck is, the room is set up um, that the people who, the professionals get to their tables and know where they're supposed to be. And then sort of like, I call it crowd control. There's nothing needs to be controlled. These <laughs> girls are amazing. Um, but like, just, just, you know, all the logistics. So we have a lot of volunteers and it has been, um, received by our community really, really well. And I, I've been really, um, grateful for the support we've gotten in the community. 
if somebody else wanted to start something similar, what would you, what have you learned in this process that you would impart your knowledge upon somebody else? I would say you have to be really, really committed to it. It's a lot of, I have to like, I have to network because we have to find the professionals to come, right? And then knowing that, um, and, and it, it is so important to me that we have a, a diverse crowd representing different businesses, um, representing um, like business, art, music. Like all, we want all the girls to show up and feel like there's matching interests. We are also interested in making sure that all the girls show up and they see someone who looks like them. I am half Samoan and it matters to me that my Samoan daughters get to see Polynesian women who are succeeding. I would hope that anyone else who did it would, would be also aware of the, the various um, situations. Like we, have, we deal with socioeconomic situations, right? We wanna make sure that it's available freely um, so that everyone from every background is able to attend um, and, and learn and there's just so many things to consider but we talk at length about like diversity of socioeconomics diversity of uh, ethnicities and nationalities languages etc so yeah what was kind of your motivating factor to to get this started and what keeps you committed to it yeah around i think it was like 2016 there was an article about how um, Utah is like one of the worst places for women to live, right? And regardless of whether that's true, because I can I can see how that's like a, a big headline, but I'm raising two daughters in Utah. And so when we're talking about pay, pay gaps, when we're talking about the lack of leadership positions that women hold in businesses and in legislature, I mean, I read that headline and I went into my husband's office and I said, hey, we have two daughters here. Like we can go, we can pick up and leave. We can go anywhere. My husband, our jobs are flexible. So let's go. After that big emotional reaction, I thought about it some more and I thought, you know, but the women that I, I interact with, like they're, they're out there and they're doing things and, um, they're, they're leading groups and, and things like that. And so I thought, um, okay. So that was, that was my biggest thing is that I have right now, I have a 12 year old daughter and a nine year old daughter. And, um, and I want them to know that they're, they're unlimited, right? Like they have so many chances to learn and to talk with people. And as they talk with people, consider, consider a new pathway, right? Like, and then I've talked to other people. I think about my job as a teacher. Um, I knew I could be a teacher because I saw so many women teachers when I was in school. And I wish I had asked, what are my options a little bit more when I was when I was younger, um, I loved being a teacher and I'll probably go back to it someday, but, um, but they're underpaid. It's, they work really hard. They do very important work and they don't get paid well. And, um, 
around here, I feel like the support of teachers is lacking, leaves much to be desired. And, and it's, so it's emotionally draining. And I mean, rewarding as kids learn from you, but also kind of the pits. How have you allowed yourself to adapt and change career or whatever it might be in the different stages of your life? One of the best things that we ever did was that um, my husband was a stay-at-home dad when we first had our child. And this is so embarrassing and I am really ashamed, but I'm going to admit it publicly that one day I got home from my job as a teacher and the house was a wreck. And I said to my husband who had taken care of our daughter all day, what did you do all day? Which is like the worst question to ask a stay at home parent. And like immediately, as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, I was apologizing. Um, but my husband understands like what it's like to be stay at home parent and to be solely in charge of, of our kids. So, um, so that's one thing is that my husband is super supportive. He recognizes the toll that being a mother, that being a stay at home parent is takes on. Right. So that's one great thing that I have going for me. And then, um, all I can think of right now is the song landslides. So should we talk about that? Yes. Because I love that song. Like, so. can I handle the changes of my life? like constantly like going through my head. Like, I don't know. Can I handle this? And I feel like you mentioned it earlier, Lauren. Like, I feel like I'm getting to the age where I'm asking, am I doing like, is this what I'm going to do? And I feel like I've been asking that question since I was like 22, right? Like I can't stop. I saw Lois Lowry at the Provo library once. And she said, did you guys know that Lois Lowry, the author of the number of the stars and the giver didn't start writing until she was 40. And that might like, I don't know if she was writing on the side or anything, but like she had a whole life, had 40 years of life and then like started her career. I think about that stuff all the time. Like there's still time. (laughs) I don't know. I was not asking the right questions when I was younger anyway. So (laughs) I wasn't going to get super into that. I feel like we see those memes about Oprah and whoever started their career late or got rejected this many times, but I'm like, we need to talk about it constantly because I'm 32 and I'm like, oh no, have I had too many jobs? Like, or like millennials get a bad, bad rap for not wanting to stay at the same job for 20 years and, or until they retire. And I'm like, I feel like I have to constantly give myself permission to adapt, to change, to grow, even though I believe that's why we're here on earth is to grow and, you know, learn things. It's still hard. (laughs) It's really hard. Lauren, with all your job changes, I feel like you still have the options, right? Like you, you aren't bound, (laughs) you aren't bound to this job, but you, so you could, right. You could easily like, not easy. I don't know, but you could switch something, but it's still hard. I think it goes back to what we mentioned at the beginning of like asking that question, like, what are my options? Like as the situation changes, as new information presents itself, as we grow, as we change, like as our interests change, like to continually ask ourselves, what are my options? Right. And I think that's one thing that's really cool 
like tying it back to the Provo Girl Summit is like showing these young girls, like there are a lot of options out there for you and you don't have to just be one thing or, you know, your title doesn't define you. Does that like, you know, but that you can be what you want to be like, you know, and then, and that might change. Like, you know, I always grew up saying I wanted to be an actor, like, please. Now I'm like, no way. But like, you know, even now I'm still like, what do I want to do with my life? Like, cause it changes every couple of years, but I, I really like this idea. I've been thinking about this, this whole episode is just like asking that question. What are my options and assessing the situation and assessing, you know, the information I have and adapting as needed. Yeah. I think it's, the world always, it's like, uh, if you don't figure it out by 25, it's over. If you don't figure it out by 30, it's <laughs> over. If you don't figure it out by the time you're a mom, it's over. And I, I think it's especially interesting in, in talking to women, like I, I think of this part in 30 Rock where Liz Lemon is trying to do everything the whole episode and she's try, she wants to eat this sandwich. <laughs> and it culminates in her at the airport and the sandwich has like the juice, the, the dipping juice on the side. And they're like, you can't take the liquid through the security. And she just yells, I can't have it all as she's stuffing the sandwich in her face. And the image is in my head all the time because I'm like, I want to have it all. But it feels like when you try and have it all, you're at this, you're like trying to go through airport security while stuffing a sandwich in your face. Like it feels so hard and awkward, but it's like, especially now there's so many options available and you can, you can be a parent and do other things and be a, just a parent for a while. Well, you're going to still be, but you know, be a stay at home parent for a while and then re-enter the workforce or do something on the side. And I think people feel like once they become one thing, that's it. And the rest of their life is sober. Yeah. I think you're, I think you're right. It has been, um, I know I keep talking about my husband, I'm sorry, but he, uh, he's a freelance artist. And so one day my grandma was over and he was just working at his computer. And my grandma said, Hey, when are you going to go to work? <laughs> and he was like, uh, I'm working. <laughs> so these traditions, right. These traditional views of anything, like it's a hoax. <laughs> we, we get to make our own decisions and we get to make our own path. And it's, it's not easy to decide what we even want to do. I am facing these crossroads right now, right? Like what? I just quit my job. I don't know. And I'm constantly asking my husband, like, am I still valuable? <laughs> like, you know, like, cause when you bring home a paycheck, it's easy to feel like, cool. Like I'm, I'm X amount valuable. Um, but now I'm not bringing home a paycheck and I have like, I could do so many things and I could also just watch TV on my bed and maybe that's okay too. I don't know. Some days. Yeah. It's hard to know. Cause I feel like there's different seasons to our lives, but also capitalism will have you believing that you're only worth, yeah, you're worth yeah. a certain dollar amount. I deal with that all the time. I've switched from full-time to freelance to full-time to freelance yeah. and it's like when I'm full-time and no matter 
hope my boss isn't listening to this but you know it's like when you're working full-time no matter how hard you work each day you get that paycheck every two weeks or however often and it's like so nice to just be like oh I can just kind of like exist like I still do all my work but it's like I'm just kind of existing whereas when you do freelance you're like hustling or you always kind of feel like you should be doing more at least that was my experience but it's also way more flexibility and so it's just like why does everything have to be tied to productivity and money and maybe this is a whole other conversation but yeah um what oh go ahead sorry Sorry. Grace I was just gonna say because what you were just saying while I was plugging my computer in to a charging cord (laughs) um it made me think about uh something we talk about often at home which is like our circumstances are constantly changing so when we take a path and then we realize like we sort of have to learn about it and then maybe we're not that interested in it right Mm -hmm. yeah so so then we ask start asking ourselves other questions like I don't know, this person's doing um, video production or something, or maybe, maybe I'd be interested in that. So you kind of have to take a little bit and then, and then decide if you want to keep going in that or changing. I, I just think it's interesting and in, that our lives are more malleable than we, when, than we really recognize in, initially. Right. So um, that was my point with my grandma's story, like that we're not in the, the place where we're like, going to plug into a 50-year job necessarily like older generations did and just stay there we can we have so much flexibility these days yeah I remember like probably from maybe like high school on I always had this like dream job of like this is what I want to do like when I got that job I've made it and I remember I got the job eventually right I hated it And it was such a like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It was so eye-opening to me because I had spent my whole college education, like all these things, like working towards this of like, this is what I want to do. I feel super passionate about it. And then all of a sudden that was gone. And I felt like my worth was gone. Like my purpose, my drive, my motivation, all of that. I was like, what do I do now? Like, I've been working so hard for this and it was nothing like I thought it would be. And like bouncing back from that of like, okay, what are my options? What skills do I have? What networks do I have? What am I interested in? What are things I've always wanted to do, but thought I was never good at? Like, you know, and I, I, I can tell you that like, that was a very big turning point for me, at least like in my career because it made me realize like I don't have to like it's okay for me to change my interests too like but that none of my experience goes to waste like right like I'm I'm still a better person I'm still like like I still have worth but it it's just different than what I thought it would be yeah Grace that really made me think too like so when you change that job right so and you have to reassess sort of where you are and what you might do. I think it's easy to say like, well, I could still become, like you wanted to be an actor when you were a kid or something. Yeah. <laughs> I could still become an actor, right? But like, it's easy to talk yourself out of that. I feel like it's easy to talk myself out of things. I would love to do like a stand-up comedy. 
and you guys are like, you're boring the heck out of me today. Like, no. you're not going to stand up. But, um, but I'm like quick to talk myself out of it because like, I, I would have to get training. It would be like a couple years down the road. Like, you know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's still an option, but maybe I just want to cut myself off from it like quickly and just say, no, I could do that, but it's hard. Or like, maybe I should be a nurse practitioner. And I could do that, but it's maybe not something I want to invest. I don't know. Yeah, you could. Um, Stand-up comedy. Okay, I want to do stand-up comedy, but just one time. So we should go to like an open mic. I'm there for it. Lauren, we will go to an open mic. Yeah, I'm I'm sure there there are places around here that do that, right? Like, Mm -hmm. because I do not want to do it for a career by any means, but I feel like it's like a hurdle I need to jump over. Yeah, that's why I love karaoke, right? Like, it's really scary Yeah, to sing in front of people, um, but also super empowering once you, once you did it. Yeah, it's like facing the fear of crowds. Like, isn't, like, public speaking is, like, one of the top fears. I'm like, I can do that. But anything else that involves a microphone and a crowd <laughs> is hard. Yeah. So... What is something that you wish people knew? If you could enlighten the world with your knowledge, what would you share? So this has to do with Pro Girl Summit in that like equity and roles. Um, I just feel like it, like in, in my partnership with my husband, we share roles and it's been really a lot of conversations to get to where we are now. And I'm just really grateful for it, you know? And so in, in whatever relationship, whether it's professional, like we talked about with Pro Girl Summit. And a lot of the reason that I do that is because I want girls to know that they're not limited to um, sort of low paying, highly emotional jobs. Um, and that all men should get like executive paid jobs, right? Um, so the reason that this kind of you can see how that ties in. Um, I don't think I have to spell it out, but um, just that you deserve like to take the role in your life that you want to. So um, when in regards to every relationship that you have professionally, um, personally, and so I hope, I hope that each person sort of sees that and recognizes and can identify what it is that they want and then take the steps to sort of get there. I like that. And sort of to talk, I, I could talk about it more like with my husband, right? We had, uh, and my husband, it would describe himself even as a feminist, but like, we still had to have conversations where I was like, Jed, I, I'm resenting you because you get to have a job, a successful career and a successful family. And I get to have a successful family. like. Mm-hmm. and I get to successfully do the laundry and dishes <laughs> and dinner like uh, and these are like really hard conversations that weren't fun to have and I didn't want to have them but I had to or else I was going to lose my mind yeah. that took a weird tangent friends I'm no, that's sorry no really good and important because it it is all connected to careers and how it's like 
our career doesn't determine our worth, but it's a lot of us like to have careers. A lot of us like to work and do something and it doesn't mean we don't love our families, Yeah, <laughs> but it just is a different kind of uh, satisfaction. Yeah. Also, I think um, it's weird to like train young girls to be good wives, right? Or like to stand up for yourself in a relationship, uh, an interpersonal relationship. How do you, I shouldn't be talking to young girls about being a wife. We're not talking to young boys about being husbands. Like, so if we talk, if we take it out of that and, and empower them professionally, then it's also beneficial and, and it will show up in their, in their homes. Right. Like, yeah. So I'm always nervous that people are going to be like, oh, she's anti-family. I'm not anti-family. <laughs> like, I don't think that women should all work. I think that women should do whatever they want. Like, yeah. and they should have those freedoms. Yeah. Well, and it comes back to like, we should value, uh, unpaid things. labor. Yeah. The, thank you. I was like, <laughs> what do you call it? I was like, housework. Uh, but yeah, we should value that all that unpaid labor that makes our society and our world run and children keeps children alive <laughs> yeah. and fed and, um, cause it is important, but we sort of like diminished that work um when it is it's one hard and two super important and three we all say that we love children so it's like somebody's got to take care of them (laughs) is there anything else that um that you want our audience to know i just want to know what what risks they take like if as they look at their lives what options are they um are they considering i like that that's a great what's what's on the table for you yeah, that's a great thought and question to end on. I'm like, I want to ask you that, Lauren. Like, what, yeah. what, <laughs> what are your options? What are what opportunities are you considering? What are your risks? Wow. Um. Yeah. Well, some of you know I'm doing this thing where I'm trying to get rejected this year. Um. I can't remember if I've said this on the podcast before, but it's kind of turned into like it morphed from like, I want to get like a list of rejection letters and like proof and take pictures with them and stuff into this, like, I'm just going to say yes to opportunities that come up. So if somebody reaches out to me about a job on LinkedIn, I'm like, I'll look at it, even though I like my current job. If somebody asks me if I want to model for them in a pool of water in their garage I say yes (laughs) even though I don't necessarily like modeling or being in front of the camera as much as like being behind the camera when because I have a lot of anxiety um and a lot of times it's about things that do not matter at all like going away for the weekend or trying to paint something trying a new hobby you know I've been so paralyzed by fear so it's like on one hand everything feels like a risk (laughs) just even trying a new hobby I'm like hobbies should be stress-free so um yeah I've really just tried to apply this new new philosophy and there's people like Shonda Rhimes and different people have done like a year of yes or or whatever, where they just say yes to everything. And I, I know better than to say yes to everything <laughs> because 
there's not enough hours in the day there's not enough mental capacity in the day but just saying you know what if I said yes to this and do I have the capacity to say yes to this and heaven forbid might it be fun to say yes to this and just do something just for fun without the obligation of it being proving my worth or contributing in a significant way um that was a lot but what about you grace what are you doing um i'm like remind me the question what what <laughs> your question are on this? i know <laughs> <gasps> what risks uh, are you taking or choices are you making um i feel like right now my husband and i are very much in a pivotal point in our life of kind of what what is our life going to look like and what do we want to do? Like I mentioned, you know, we spent um, a good portion of, of the last couple of years traveling the country and, you know, doing that kind of thing. And, and now we're really looking at like, what do we want for our lives? What is, what does this look like? And so um, especially for me, what do I want out of my life? Like, what do I want? I've always been very career driven. I've always been, have had good, jobs that I've really felt like um, were prestigious enough that I was like proud to talk about it. Like I felt like it was worthwhile, you know, and things like that. And I'm kind of in a weird phase right now where I'm like, I don't really know. Like, I, I don't really know what I want to do. And so I've got several ideas that I'm kind of toying with. One is we're talking about going back out on the road a little bit again. And the other thing is I'm looking at going back in, uh, to school. I kind of want to switch up and and do marriage and family therapy um i applied to a couple schools a year ago and i actually got rejected from all of them so that was like a big blow but i'm kind of like okay if i really want to do this like find another option what are my options like if this is something i want to do what are my options like how do i make this work you know so i'm really kind of toying with that idea and then also just like um i've kind of started my own biz business doing like um video editing and that's been like really terrifying for me because it's putting myself out there and being like, well, what if I fail? Like, what if, <laughs> which I probably will, cause I don't know if I'm like super committed, you know? Um, so I feel like there's, I feel like I'm going in a thousand different directions and it all could be good or it all could come crumbling down. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. Those are some things on, on my table right now, I guess. Getting deep. So we should have everyone who's listening go on our Instagram and tell us what you're doing Yeah, to make choices. Is that how we want to phrase it? <laughs> you phrased it really well today. Like, yeah, remember. say that again. Like what options are you facing, I think, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. What options are you facing and how are you facing them? Because I feel like this is a good discussion because we all need help sometimes. I think it's interesting too because like I think if somebody doesn't directly ask you like if somebody were to just say like how are you I would not bring up like all those things that Grace just told us about right yeah <laughs> like maybe that's a more a question we should be asking more yeah excellent um thank you so much for joining us I really appreciate what you're doing and uh Grace and I were both inspired when we participated in Provo's Girls Summit so I can only imagine how all the girls have felt so excited to see when it can come back in person and um how should people where should people follow you or follow yeah so we're on instagram provo girl summit 
And then um, we have a website, introducingtomorrow.com. Follow those and learn more about Provo Girls Summit. Participate if you're local um, or, you know, figure out a way to participate wherever you are. And thank you for joining us on another episode of Laws of Grace. We'll see you next week. Thank <laughs> you.